This talk is supported by SmallPDF, the successful Swiss scale-up making PDF easy for over a billion people around the world since 2013. You may remember them from a previous podcast we hosted with their CEO, Dennis Just. Their mission is to make PDFs and life easy for people across the world, a mission made possible with their 90-plus amazing employees across Zurich, Belgrade and Barcelona. If you want to join this fast-growing Swiss scale-up, visit smallpdf.com forward slash Swisspreneur and apply. Fifty-six percent of the women in Switzerland can't take financial care of themselves. Welcome to the Swisspreneur Show, a podcast about startup stories and learnings from experienced entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Sylvan. Patricia, a warm welcome to the Swisspreneur Show. It's a pleasure and an honor to have you here today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the invitation. You are a business journalist, but also the CEO at LX an independent money media platform for women. And before we talk about your new venture, I want to start with your personal background. You actually studied business administration, and then you went on to become a journalist. And why didn't you start your business right after your studies? What was so appealing, so attractive in the journalism part? (laughs) Yeah, actually, I uh, finished my studies in the middle of the dot-com crisis, And I was always a great admirer of Robert Schiller, the Nobel laureate, and about his work, about the irrational exuberance at the stock markets. And I just wanted to understand why we always have these crashes and irrational exuberances. And journalism was really good. Yeah, good profession to get get into these topics and understand it more profound and on the other hand, founding was not really an, op- an option because I didn't know any founders myself personally, not to speak of female founders. This was really, I mean, 25 years ago, there was no Swiss startup ecosystem, nothing. And actually, I remember my first years of studies, I didn't even have a phone. Wow. Yeah, these were different, <laughs> different times. times. Exactly. In that regard, the entrepreneurial path was not really a career choice at all back then. Not at all. And the role models have been missing all around and it wasn't really a topic. It wasn't incentivized by by the universities or Mm -hmm. by incubators or big corporates. Yeah, it wasn't a choice even. Right. You then spent 17 years at the Swiss SRF, at the radio and TV company, the, the federal one. And during your time there, you actually also traveled all the way from Iran to North Korea. You also covered events like the World Economic Forum, the Swiss Economic Forum. So I wonder, what are some of the greatest memories that you have from your time back at the SRF? Yeah, I mean, so many crazy memories. You're right. This was an extraordinary time. And the media back in those times, the media industry, they still had budget to really produce this series about foreign politics, policies or countries. And it was 
completely different time. And I remember very well, for example, in North Korea, I even remember uh, a sentence, it means something like, um, are there any candles? Because we always experience power shortages all the time. And yeah, it was even the flight there. It was so strange. We had to enter the country via Beijing. We couldn't come from Seoul, obviously, mm -hmm. even if there is a few kilometers from the border Seoul, but we had to fly or with a blacklisted airline, North Korean airline to Pyongyang. And yeah, it's, it's, it's really unimaginable anymore. And um, you have to imagine we had to hand in all our handies for four weeks and we didn't have any contact to anyone. So completely isolated. And I was pregnant back then in the fifth month. And it was like four weeks, no sign, wow. nothing. So very special. And all the time we had these 14 supervisors around us. Then they tried to show us all the ideal and role model people and farmers. But I remember this um um, basically ideal farmer family there they showed us around and they were like eating potatoes only potatoes every day and nothing more and i i mean i you can imagine how the uh, the marginalized and people there who they sent to the camps or to the mountains, how they have to live. On the other hand, in Pyongyang, you had this elite with wearing Rolexes, mm -hmm. having all these Chinese flat screens, um, TV screens and, and drinking Cokes. So it was really a big difference. And they have built Luna parks with European companies together. And um, yeah, actually, a lot of uh, European companies involved in the business there, building up the business. Yeah, and and after all this, after all this time, actually the kind of scary thing was when I visited the dentist with my oldest son, and the dentist asked me, "What happened in the fifth month of pregnancy? Did you have mal malnutrition or stress, or what happened? Because exactly these kind of teeth, um, they're completely um, bad." That's quite a, an experience. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's much more than the, the journalism was much more than just learning about the business world and the stocks and everything, but it also really shaped you and your life, basically. And I also wonder then in 2020, you actually decided to leave SRF and you switched to CNN Money Switzerland. First of all, what actually motivated you to that decision? Did you, you know, get all the learnings that you were looking for? Now it was time for a change or what actually motivated you for that change? Yeah, I think first of all, it was like a unique and sensational opportunity to work together with a bunch of amazing people, especially women, female journalists, moderators, and journalistically to um, talk and report about the topic, SDG topics, sustainable mm -hmm. development goals was really the journalistic approach of CNN Money. And I really loved that and experienced it. And um, also they worked very close with the World e Economic Forum and had a lot of topics and reports and research they covered. So I was very interested in this kind of topic. So it was really um, good I knew it was risky. I knew it was a startup and it will be top or flop, whatever. Right. But on the other hand, I had my other business plan, my plan B, my backup plan already mm -hmm. in the drawer. So this was the Alex 
business plan. We're going to talk about that in a second. So then you joined CNN Money Switzerland, but the plan didn't work out because the, the company basically went bankrupt shortly after you joined. So how did you handle that on a personally professional level, but also on an emotional level? I can imagine that must have been quite a shock to handle emotionally and professionally. Yeah, it was. Actually, I was kind of mentally prepared that it could collapse. But when you have to go through uh, bankruptcy and all that, it's completely different as you would have imagined. You experience like fathers or mothers crying and um, people, staff um, borrowing money to each other because they didn't get any salaries anymore. Mm -hmm. And it, it was like really tragic to see all these um, people suffering so much more, more, of course, than me because I just joined. So I, I didn't have all these emotions and, and, and history with the company. So for them, it was much more emotional even. And then it didn't stop with the day of the bankruptcy because then it just started. And the most of the people, they couldn't speak German. So they had to they they had to navigate we had to navigate them through the whole bureaucracy jungle and that they get that they get their money back and and yeah this this was really this this was really tough yeah that's a really intense time as it sounds and basically you were then part you just joined recently but you were part of a venture where the plan didn't work out and nevertheless you then decided to start your own company wouldn't that be sort of motivated to go far, far away from entrepreneurships or ask differently, why do you then decide to, to start your own company despite going through that episode recently? Yeah, it's really, um, it's, it's might seem from outside, <laughs> not very logical, but from the inside, it was a really logical next step because it kind of really encouraged me to try it on my own and to do it better. I've seen that... Um, that there have been wasted millions of francs on based on a bad uh, business plan or basically no business plan, and I just knew I could I can do better, and we will have um, we will have a better business plan and will be more cost savvy um, if yeah if we found this new company and this experience made me even stronger and. Um, more aware of the risks mm -hmm. there and uh, costs of uh, entrepreneurship. Absolutely. And you actually already wrote the first business plan of LX back in 2017. But then you only, of course, put it in practice after the CNN Money Switzerland episode. And also when your two co-founders, Nadine and Simone, joined you. So first of all, how did you meet your co-founders? Can you share that story? Yeah, um, I met um, designer and creative director Simone Züger at the Media Women um, Media Women event. Actually, there she's a member of a board there. I was excited, and then I found out she's actually an expert for digital emotions, so transforming emotions into the digital space. So I found that like really fascinating and how she managed to do that. And she was also holding lectures about gender, just design. I was really electrified by her. And then I met her and introduced after this, I mean, it was back then, maybe 2018, 2019. Mm -hmm. And I, I showed her the idea and she was one of the first people just 
who immediately got the idea. And she kind of gave me eyes because there was this business plan consisting of 70 pages. And of course, it was like very the standard business jargon. But who could visualize that? Together, we designed and wrote this pitch deck, the first one, 2019. And we with this original pitch deck, we kind of really funded and did the seed funding. We were kind of ahead of the time, I guess. Amazing. Yeah, yeah but she really did that. And on the, on the other hand, um, Nadine's story is very similar and, um, and complementary to mine. As a political journalist, she was writing about all these equality topics, more from a legal perspective. I had more like an economic perspective. Mm-hmm. And she was an absolute topic leader on these equality topics. And we both felt like never being part of the solution. We just describe problems and were alarming in our articles. And, and but we, we've never been part of the solution. And I think that's what really um, we didn't like. We didn't like her. I knew her for years, actually. She's a good friend of mine and a close f- a friend. And when I introduced um, the idea and the pitch deck then um, from Simone and me to her, she immediately saw the potential. So it wasn't actually a discussion. And she, um, since then, was on fire about mm-hmm. the topic because it can create impact. It can empower women and enrich them and and really close the gender wealth gap. So for you, it was really time to shift the gear, not only to you know talk about the issues and the problems that are out there, but to actually become built the solution to to the issues out there in the world absolutely it was something also simona experienced as as designer and entrepreneur she she had her she still has her design studio which i think it's very important for an artist and designer and as an entrepreneur female entrepreneur she was really not pleased with the solutions with, with the consulting she had and also nadine um didn't like the solutions on the market the advantage with, with Nadine was also that she's a lawyer. She's not only a journalist. So I would recommend every startup to to have or um, yeah to recruit someone in the founding team or to have someone in the founding team with a legal background. The, all this contractual work with big corporates, all these corporations, this needs such a lot of uh, legal legal work so it was the biggest part sometimes it was just um working on the contracts uh, i mean so many pages in english and and um so it was really a lucky punch that she was so enthusiastic about it and had this other i mean this complementary profile to mine because Mm -hmm. she's from legal stuff and i'm as an economist i'm more on the financial and economic side of the topic the financial inequality between men and women is still so big here in Switzerland. Can you give us a bit more perspective how big this problem actually is? Because for some people, they might not even realize how big of a gap we have here. Yeah, so, I mean, um, don't be afraid of the figures. <laughs> so hold, hold on. Hold your horses, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, no, but it's, it's, it's really, it's worst case. 56% of the women in Switzerland, they can't take financial care of themselves. It's so crazy. that's 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 really crazy. So it's um, huge financial dependency. And this really keeps women small and up. And if you think about that big number, what actually led to that situation? I mean, 
that's a huge number. How did we get into that mess? I mean, you know, like the Swiss women got the, against the vote to write like really, really late, even right. in the 90s um, in certain cantons, 51 um, years in other cantons. We It's after Afghanistan internationally. But what's kind of worse um, as it comes to financial literacy is that um, Swiss women only since 35 years they can open a bank account without the signature of of their their husbands so that's only one generation to gain some kind of financial literacy and to to manage your own finances so this is um yeah we are nowhere here and maybe that's that's the irony of the history that now such a company is founded in Switzerland and not in another country. It's about time, I would say, <laughs> <Yeah>. certainly. <laughs> so then, of course, also the question arises, okay, it, it's really a big problem that you're addressing here. I mean, that's certainly something that needs to change because if you're not in control financially, you are in basically sort of controlled by someone else, probably your husband or whoever. So the question is, how do we actually get there? What is the solution to change that and to reduce that percentage to a much lower amount of women being financially, you know, in, not, not independent, but actually dependent? Yeah, this is our really dream and goal, close the gaps with our vision. We have it instead of this news ticker or the stock market tickers, we have close the gaps that's inspired by the Bloomberg uh, media platforms. And so it's not like you have all the figures there, so, but it's close the gaps. Right. And the gender wealth gap, it's, it's stubbornly it, it's stubbornly wide still. And also in the pandemic, if you look at the situation, women dropped out of the workforce above average. But mm-hmm. And at the same time, um, men stayed invested and um, it boomed at the markets, also in different um, categories. So the, it even has widened. So we we really want to take action and close this gender wealth gap. According to international studies or gender um, gap reports from WEF, it will take over 100 years to close that, to gain financial equality between the genders and other gender equality. So we hope that we can close that much faster now via, via Alex, but it's still it's such a lot of work to do and we have courses of course to teach financial literacy we have lots of information on the page itself with research interlinks so people can inform themselves and start to research and and yeah just get more information about this kind of topics so would you say it's it's a fair assessment to say that one of the big challenges why we still have these gaps is because women don't invest or not enough women actually invest and therefore take their finances in their own hand. Yeah, that's the general investment gap is is also huge. <laughs> it's really right. um, kind of there are different studies, but also in Switzerland, um, the men are invested. It's like double than, than women mm-hmm. and they're like really... Um, 
yeah, it was really the biggest wealth driver was were the stock markets in the last couple of decades. And not to, we, we shouldn't forget about that. And so it's in our system right now. So it's the factor capital is much more um, boostering your wealth than capital labor. So right. that's really important to understand and to and in, in in times where we do not have any interest rates anymore since the nineties, and now even maybe inflation is coming back, and I mean you just lose on on your cash deposit, and so there is no alternative. And we always say like investing is the new saving, because yeah. you just lose your your money on 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 your saving accounts, and that's a really big problem because then you mm-hmm. even you know, this inequality, this gap gets wider and wider, right? So the question here is, how can you change that for for the women out there? Do you need to have more education to make it, you know, easier and easier to access for, for the women to invest? Do you need different products? Or where's really the biggest leverage where you should start with your company, basically, to tackle this issue? Yeah, there are different things. And um, education, financial education, literacy, it's very important. And we have this Alex Money Hacks courses and we are doing webinars or finance boot camps with our partners. And we could even already, I mean, we are a baby actually, only like 12, 13 weeks old, but we could really um, teach over a thousand um, women already about financial literacy, about the ABC of, of investing mm-hmm. and on the same, um, yeah, and at the same time, we wanted to provide products. We wanted to make all the products along the financial life of, of women till the pension. We wanted to um, create and, yeah, create them more female friendly, more equal. And for example, it's always very important to think about the pension age and there, this is really a no-brainer product, this 3A product. I mean, lots of people, expats don't know it. Who invented it? The Swiss. I think there is worldwide, there is no such clever product where it's um, from publicly incentivized by by government um, that you privately save or invest for your pension age. And so you can this, deduct that from the taxes. That's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. And that's People don't know that still lots of women don't have 3A insurance. So that's actually both. We, we're providing both. It's a multi-channel. Exactly. <laughs> it's really a multi-channel approach. Yeah. First educate if there's not enough know-how yet, but then also make sure that you have access to the right products to actually get investing. Yeah. And the journalist approach so that you have information, independent articles, which explain it, make it understandable. And that was our, that was really the market potential in a recent study of BNY Mellon, for example, showed that um, 86% of the wealth managers directly target men and 75% say, said that their investment products are male related mm-hmm. a completely male related and a black rock investor poll study showed that 86 percent of women don't feel addressed by the usual content of the financial financial industry and 
that was completely our market potential and and our chance. And on the same time, you kind of really have to blame the financial industry that they kind of really neglected female clients. Also, I mean, even even uh, men don't feel very addressed by the content and the design. That's also true, but um, in a bigger number than than females. Right. Yeah. At the same time, you know, it, it's clear what the problem is. There are so much more men invested than women. And I also wonder by this male-dominated industry in the financial services, etc., but also in general, as a female-centric business striving for gender equality, I can also imagine that you always face some backlash from people who still hold some sexist views. Did you experience any, you know, any issues or challenges in that regard when you launched LX? Yeah, all the time. And I, I'm, yeah, I experienced that since I'm really advocating for equality topics since 20 years now. It started, of course, social media all the time. You get these trolls army and now with Alex as well, you have the same troll armies attacking you, starting shitstorms about your platform, but also media platforms, right wing platforms or sexist, um, female unfriendly <laughs> platforms attacking you, writing articles about, about Alex, about the products, about my person in a very unfair, violating and um, insulting, insulting way. I mean, we're just to start on trying to help them, having, trying to be innovative, disrupting the business model and trying to build something with our own money. So why do exactly. they have to attack us? We don't, we, we're not actually um, attacking them. So they can do their stuff and, and, and try, um, yeah, try to do their business in their way. So it's it's just yeah. so unbelievable and they even started to attack our google ratings so it's there all all around all these trolls and writing bad um comment comments and ratings and every time on on these social media platforms like twitter i have to report new trolls yeah. and but on the other hand like with this new media social media policies they accept a lot of these okay. reports and then right. it's just it's over for for, for yeah. this kind of um, hacking style and yeah at the same time you're out there with your personal brand so people know you from tv you are also a well-known personality here in switzerland so now we've talked about the the cons basically of you know getting all these attacks I can imagine there are also some pros, hopefully, um, <laughs> where you can leverage your personal brand. How do you do that? Yeah, I mean, of course, there there is an advantage if you already have have a name and um, yeah, your your public person and people people know you. And I mean, community grows just blew our minds. We 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 couldn't believe it. Um, in, in within six weeks, we overtook competitors like old. Um, old media, financial media brands, but also fintechs, which have been there for years on the market. Um, we are very strong on social media with our community on Instagram and LinkedIn. So it's already a couple of weeks we gained on all the multi-channel options, like 17,000 followers. Um, 
within no no times and yeah. that's that's of course very important also for our investors that you can prove the proof of the pudding so is there really right. a community and people interested in 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 your products in 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 your services and yeah this this is a big a big advantage and we of, often also say bad news or good news too that people talk <laughs> about you people talk about you <laughs> and we see it on the traffic so right. when we were in um, yeah, when there were like bad headlines or sexist headlines about us, it was quite, um, we were quite nervous about the platform because mm -hmm. we had so much traffic that um, it was just, <laughs> but Hopefully we passed we, we stay that online. test. Hopefully we stay online. <laughs> <laughs> we passed that test. So Amazing. that's a good, good yeah. feeling as well. But I think that's a really great example on how to leverage your personal brand and also into a business because of course you have to be authentic and I think you really are the perfect example for that. But then this is also very attractive from an investor's perspective because they see, hey, you bring the authenticity, you bring your personal brand, and now you build a media company around that specific financial topic. That's a really interesting investment case. Yeah, it was always a little bit the idea of social investing. I'm, it's not not only me, it's also Nadine. She was very active on social media and had her followers. Right. And she had a big network. She's also co-president of Women. That's that's a movement where men and, and women together try to work towards equality and push it um, in a good way. And that's... That's, of course, a big advantage if the founders already have a community and followers and just have a topic, they stand for it. So it's topic leadership, because that's, I think, what matters more here is trust. Exactly. One thing here is you don't offer the products directly yourself. You have partners that then actually offer the insurance or the financial products. Why was that the right setup for you? Was that because of the huge regulations that you would have yeah. had to take on to launch your own product? Yeah, and and also we are coming from a media business right. and we are still media platform and we have these corporations, we mm -hmm. partners. And as I said, our competence, our strengths are in content and and yeah. design and our partners, they have a lot of competence in, in financial product, in asset management and it's also a bit too vain to think you're good at everything. Right. So yeah. you need the right people <laughs> to work with and the right partners. They have an expertise as well. And it was for us, it was very important to find matching partners, ethical partners, mm -hmm. which didn't have any scandals or money laundering stuff or speculation cases or lawsuits or anything, which is not so easy i wanted to say yeah it's not that easy to find that in a financial sector <laughs> exactly in the financial sector and we've um chosen to work and collaborate with Miko bank because they don't have any bonuses anymore so it's it's not a rip-off bank we found that very impressive and on the other hand it's font double it's a private bank but it's um family um really traditional bank but with the family and the new generation there mm -hmm. and the biggest shareholder is a woman and that's not not so often either and they have quite they're very digitally fit that that was really interesting as well and for the and for the legal protect product which is 
I would say one of the most innovative um, products we have. Mm -hmm. We work together with Big Carpet Alliance. But the good thing was um, I, of course, myself, I bought this Legal Protect as well, because we, that's our statement and, and, and we stand for that. It's our word that we invest in these products as well. Mm -hmm. And look what happened. That's irony, maybe. But after just a few weeks, I had to use this product, this Legal Protect, because of the sexist um, media media stories. Yeah. And now the whole campaign I can finance because of this product, because I have legal protect. If you think about other cases of discrimination and so on, Natalie Uwiler, that's um, a doctor. Mm -hmm. She 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 has a long lawsuit against salary discrimination, various uh, various sorts of discrimination, and her, her process was costing her four hundred thirty thousand francs already. Yeah. So it's impossible to go against mobbing discrimination salary if you don't have legal protection and yeah. that's something also we think we can make a huge impact if also young career starters get it when you start working you need a legal protect because all this um, working stuff related legal stuff it's also with pregnancy later and and um, salary stuff it's a lot of females suffer from from it and since you're a media platform and don't build the products directly on your own you have partners for that people also wonder what is your business model how do you make money because in the end you have investors you're a company so how do you make money with LX? <laughs> Glad you asked this question you're the first one asking this question it's just all the time in the media about our our personalities or <laughs> it's 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 never about business and that's a pity we kind of had to disrupt the media business model the media sector is really hit hard by the advertising volume which is really dropping and shrinking and everything goes to the big US social media platforms all the advertising business and sales so everyone is struggling since years and they had to reduce workforces and we Nadine and me of course we experienced that very closely right. so we had to disrupt the media business model how to, do we finance the content there's and we have one pillar there's with membership mm -hmm. so it's like a subscription of your your content behind paywall there's not much uh, there's really a small part behind the paywall with us some tutorials video explainers checklists but on on top of that you get like um, templates or checklists for all these nine money gaps and you get discounts for female branded products and platforms. So it's it's a whole package. It's not just a simple um, subscription for content. It's it's much more. So we kind of um, invented this membership package. It's a new it, it's it's a new way of having memberships in mm -hmm. in the media sector. And luckily and interestingly, we earn most with this membership we first thought 
okay, this is really going to be difficult. <laughs> Who's going to pay for content? And why, why should they do that? They want to have everything for free. Right. Do they think it's, a, do they see the value of that or not? And we said, we have to try because it's, we think it's important and we want to create important content. Um, and that's that's our actually that's us that's Alex um, to have this content content is king and they actually um, are willing to do that and support that and on the other hand as you said we have our product side so mm -hmm. it's not the topic side it's the product side where you have all these white label products they're called like our platform our brand so you can find our um, trackers and investment products if you like Google, Alex, um, gender equality, you find it on finanzen.ch or wherever and and you can actually also buy the product wherever you want to. Mm -hmm. And there's also because we collaborate we collaborated on that, we have an advisory fee as well on equality topics, how we made the selection of the titles. And that's actually also um, finances the content as well. So it's a product part and we behind the scenes, we're developing more products and along the financial life of women. We also think, yeah, there's the, in the insurance um, area as well there are so many products to innovate to oh, yes. make it more female friendly so it's a huge universe absolutely and I also like that particularly because you basically build your own leverage to a certain degree so you know People usually talk about leverage by having other people working for you. That's people leverage or capital where you have investor money and then you invest that in hopefully with a higher return. But what you basically build is media leverage. So your content can bring you more customers in terms of memberships, but also in terms of product revenue. And I think that's a very powerful business model, which is a perfect fit for the day and time we live in. <laughs> uh, wow, this is really nicely put. <laughs> I've never <laughs> thought about it this way, but it's it's um, yeah, this media leverage and and we we're just observing the whole sector struggling so many years and trying to find new ways and randomly just push pu pushing all this advertising and we didn't want to have all this advertising destroying our nice design and our mm -hmm. nice content <laughs> we didn't want to have it and we said okay but if we do advertise anything then we want to have products we co-developed uh, especially for our target group exactly. and and not just some random products which nothing to do with your philosophy with your unique selling proposition of what you stand for. So it's it's really something maybe confusing as well because it's a new model. Absolutely. It's new, but also with a huge leverage. So it has a huge upside potential in the long run. At the same time, if you look at the Swiss market size, you know, we are not the biggest country. So what is your take on that? Is Switzerland too small to build a nice business around it with your model right now? Yeah, it's 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 at least a wealthy island <laughs> to test the market, and um, people are more open to invest, even women. Mm -hmm. If you compare it to 
other Dach countries like Germany or Austria, they even have lower um, participation on the stock market. Yeah. So people are like really um, careful there and a bit anxious. It changes with the new generation as well, so they're much more open-minded to investing, Great. coming also bit of all this crypto wave of course mm -hmm. people are more young people are more interested in that but we always knew we have a platform and this is this one will be scalable and we need business influencers journalists editor-in-chiefs in the corresponding countries and they can manage the platform from their countries with with their local specific content and we're actually working all around the clock uh, about the concerning the DACH expansion to Amazing. Austria and Germany. <laughs> In the business plan, it's at the end of the year, but maybe mm. we're even faster. Of course, we're ambitious. Great. And I also think that Switzerland is a perfect starting point. And once you've proven it here that it works, you will just expand to the other markets. Absolutely. It's it's now we, we needed, of course, these figures. I think the first seed right. round, round was the most challenging one. Mm -hmm. We didn't have any clients. You don't have a single client. You just have pitch decks and, <laughs> and nothing. Maybe a little bit of you can show a demo of your platform, but nobody knows if it works. And of course, you can do UX testing and see that they respond quite well. But the thing was also always that they didn't believe us that it's for all women. Mm -hmm. Because we we always have we have the same the, the same path the same career breaks same problems with um, motherhood part time working so this this not um, linear CVs right and and that's you that unites all the um, people and then during UX testing there were like twenty two old. Um, students or young young women, and they said, "Oh, okay, that's where they they want to really attract young people." And oh, cool. And so, but wait a moment, this is something for my grandmother as well. So nice. I have to show her, and and that's what what we thought about this. This really, um, in our Alex hacks courses, we have participants twenty years old, which say, which really get it. Okay, now I have very long horizons to invest I have to do that and on the other hand we have 60 year old women who said for 20 years I don't want to think about my financials but now I want to do it mm -hmm. that's beautiful I think yeah. that's the perfect feedback that you could ask for yeah it's intergenerational exactly another thing I wanted to talk about is you know when you switched from your journalism job to entrepreneurship there was also quite a change in terms of lifestyle, so to speak, because you have your steady income, your secure job. We all know entrepreneurship is not like that. It can be very volatile. There are ups and downs, and you probably also have to cut back on your salary from what we're used to before. So how do you handle that challenge? Because you have a family, you have kids, and that's probably not an easy decision or at least not the easiest to take. Absolutely. And it's easier for younger people and younger founders because they didn't have these salaries. They haven't been so spoiled by right. big salaries <laughs> already. And now 14 months, we didn't pay us anything and we invested all our money into the company. 
And now, of course, we pay each our startup salary, which is three times less, at least, than <laughs> what I've earned before. And it needs really also a family supporting you mm -hmm. and a tolerant family. And I was so used to to really pay our bills as well and, and just make my own money and 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 now you have yeah you're cost savvy and and you really ha it's it's a time where you have to cut down a lot mm -hmm. and uh, this might be more difficult in when you're 44 than when you're 24 is that something that also stresses you out sometimes where you think shit, how am I supposed to, to get out of that? Or how am I supposed to pay these bills? Um, no, actually, it's. I think we have good partners, all of the founders. Yeah. So they're okay with it. And the, the new, this is, um, this is also a huge upside potential and we believe in yeah. it. All, our partners all believe in it as well. I mean, there's always... A uh, strong man behind a strong woman, and also the vice versa. Yeah, luckily. and vice versa, and um, they they're supporting us, our families yeah. as as well. Without them, it wouldn't be possible. Because you we all have children, all the founders, and it's anyway. It's it's a phase of your life, which is probably the most expensive one. Yeah. And now it's basically time to invest not only in your family and your kids, but also in your company. Yeah. And hopefully with nice future returns. <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, we already managed the first seed round. Right. And as yeah, as soon as you um, finance and close that, it gets better because you yeah. at least can, can pay out a normal salary uh, that you can finance your basic needs. And that's, exactly. that's good. So we're already talking about the future. We heard that there is still a lot of work to do here in Switzerland when it comes to gender equality. And we also learned how you're going to contribute to that. What are the next milestones that you want to tackle? What is your plan for the near future? Yeah, I mean, there are so many plans. We we talked about the Dach expansion. Mm -hmm. We want to go to Austria and Germany, we've just launched the English version for the expat community, a completely underserved market. I can't believe that nobody's really targeted them in, in, in the financial service in industry with this 3A, with this special product. Yeah, there's lots of information needed to improve that. So a very exciting future ahead. And I could imagine you probably also have to raise funds again because before the, or after the round is before the round, they always say, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. At the end of the year, we planned a new seed round. Now it's, of course, much easier because you have numbers and you can prove your business case, your community um, growth. So it's absolutely, you can prove it, proof of the pudding. And now, and it really... Yeah, I'm so happy that now female venture capitalists reach out to us and, and are interested and talking to us because it was so it was so difficult before we've launched to reach this um, few female venture capitalists because there are so few and it's over 90% male, of course. Mm -hmm. And we had first we had male investors 
and but luckily we could find two female investors as well and now they even proactively approach you and that's I couldn't be happier fantastic now we have two very last parts for you in this interview one question we always like to ask our guest is what resources or gadgets can you recommend to our listeners that can be anything from books to blogs podcasts whatever you can recommend anything comes to mind yeah, I mean, good books. The Bible of Alex is, of course, the XX Economy or the Double X Economy from Linda Scott. Really amazing content. And she inspired us to name Alex with a double X. So double X Economy Great. and what the economy misses out because um, whole workforce is missing, whole female workforce is missing globally seen. And the GDP is... Yeah, could be much better if we would integrate this part of the mm -hmm. um, hum human beings into the into the economy as well. And another book I've really liked was Influence. That's very fascinating, and it's more from a psychological point of a sales point of view. I think this is very interesting for startups. Also backed by very nice studies. It's mind-blowing. Yeah, it's really mind-blowing. <laughs> so uh, I love that. Is this psychology or manipulation? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it was mind-blowing. And of course, I get my, I'm inspired by Bloomberg Equality Topics. They have a whole um, topic uh, theme sector where they um, talk about equality. Mm -hmm. I like that. Uh, Financial Times, Economist. Yeah. Great resources. Plenty, yeah, plenty of stuff really to read and which are interesting. And for the very last part, we have some rapid fire questions for you. So I either give you an option to choose from or a short question and you have to answer in one sentence. Oh, in one sentence. Okay. <laughs> Ideally. <laughs> we are not that strict on that one. So you're ready to go? Mm-hmm. Journalist or entrepreneur? An entrepreneur. Easy choice? Yeah, it is, right? Because yeah. I've I've been writing this business plan for years now and so many pages and uh, it, it really absolutely is my wish dream. How many hours of sleep did you get last night? Six. <laughs> What's your favorite investment? Um investment in my brain i've always said that journalism is paid learning that sounds like a sweet deal for sure how do you relax and also take care of yourself you better don't ask this question <laughs> i'm just grateful that my family is so tolerant and they know this is a very special time in my life and very intense time and it will change sometimes maybe <laughs> so it's just a phase that's good yeah and the last one for you, what's your one piece of advice to your 20-year-old self? The world belongs to the courageous. Amazing. I think that's the perfect sentence to end this episode. Patricia, thank you so much for coming over and coming on the show. It was a pleasure talking to you. Lots of thank success you. and all the best for the future. Lots of success to you as well. Very interesting questions, challenging. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, you can support us by rating our show on Apple Podcasts. This way, we can reach an ever-growing number of aspiring entrepreneurs.